our wrestling lead. It's not your co-host. Cuddly Chris got more joined as always with uh, Alex Gibson. How's it going? all that the volume levels were weird it was my first time doing like uh, editing the or producing the podcast all on my own without any tech help so i hope that that went well i feel nervous about seeing if that's going to get fixed but also i basically i'm ready to make this my career now you know what i mean we can we could do this fully now based off of that you can do sound editing i can do squarespace editing kind of in the on the website that's it <laughs> yeah a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the work we do is kind of there's yeah, not it's like kind fully of because it's you have to be such a fuck up to not be able to like get it right. I think it's all sort of laid out for you. The breadcrumbs are there, but uh, it still feels like it's like, oh, I'm a web designer. <laughs> <laughs> I my first job uh, out of college, I, um, I I we like let go of our marketing coordinator and they're like, Alex, you're now doing marketing. And so I literally all I was doing was taking a template and like swapping out words each month. Like I was, oh, no longer January. Let's put February on here for like yeah. the February marketing newsletter. And I was going around telling people, I was like, yeah, I, I know Photoshop now. Like I, I just, I was like <laughs> just telling people that, like even like in interviews. And then I realized I was like, if anybody ever asks me, I don't know how to do shit. I can swap yeah. <laughs> out letters. <laughs> I had a interview one time and I brought up my Excel usage and I was explaining the things that I could do. And it was like, so you can basically just input numbers in a line. It's like, yep. <laughs> I know how to rename the tabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've since got better at that. Okay. Well, enough about our expansive resumes. Not joining us today is Sean Nash. And the reason why he's not here has nothing to do with that story that's gone viral about a Penn State professor and a colleague. Nothing to do with Sean at all. Zero. Zero. Zero to two. Nothing. Zero. Not at all. And don't look that up on your work computer. That story. <laughs> but Sean will be joining us next week. I will actually be off next week because I'm going to a science thing with my wife, the scientist. You're gonna be you're gonna be the arm candy. I'm gonna be a hot piece of man meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 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 husband that's not involved whatsoever, that everything goes over his fucking head and just looks like an idiot there. Uh, the one event that I did go to, this was like years ago when we first started dating. Um, one of her like senior leaders there was like, you know, really introducing people. He's like, hello, Christopher, like, uh, do you have your PhD? And I was like, no. And you could just, just this total, like, well, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> just like walked away. <laughs> should have said you had your doctorate in thugonomics. Oh man. Damn. I should have done that. <sighs> well, you got it for next week. Well, if you want to educate yourself, you can get all the latest on the Wrestling Latest by following us on Twitter and on Instagram. You can visit our website at WrestlingTheLatest.com where we have all of our latest match reviews, articles, essays, and etc. And again, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. uh, Put comments on there. You know the drill. Help us build the show organically because, again, our marketing is up to Alex and all he can do is, you know, (laughs) bare bare minimum in photoshop and i think i can still do some canva but i that i probably suck ass at canva now too (laughs) (laughs) okay well uh if this is your first time listening to the show this is where sean would typically go over what the format is alex educate all of us in his absence 
Yeah, let me talk to you. We first will start with our news of the week, then go into match of the week, moment of the week, cringe of the week, or what we hated this week, what makes us sad about being wrestling fans. And then we recap with, uh, or bring it back around with what we're anticipating for uh, next week. Sometimes we have uh, some other some other hitters. We I think we just have one that I listed, which we might even talk about later, earlier on in the show. But yeah, uh, I think this is going to be a quick episode, to be honest. I don't think it's going to be because I have two surprise things I'm going to spring up on. Oh, yet. so we're going to okay. go for two fucking hours. So I hope you're ready to go. And I hope Time your editing draw. skills okay. are yeah, up to uh, top notch standards. OK, well, no, just kidding. Let's go into what your news of the week was. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it necessarily counts as news, but it was just seeing the Forbidden Door 2 cards kind of start to take shape, right? So we knew yeah. about uh, Danielson versus, um, why am I blanking on who he was facing? Okada. Okada, Jesus Christ. Uh, Danielson versus Okada. I was so worried about saying the wrong name about Danielson that I just blanked out on who he was actually You're talking about. <laughs> You're off the hook. Uh, Os- Osprey uh, facing Omega, and now it looks like we're going to see Orange Cassidy facing Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi versus MJF, um, Sonata versus Jungle Boy, uh, and it's just starting to really show what what the rest of the card is going to be. Honestly, obviously, like not everything can be a dream match this year because they're probably going to run it back next year, and so I'm good with I, whatever they do for the rest of the show is fine. They've got four or five really strong matches, whatever else fills yeah. out the card will be good. I hope there's not too much more. Let's let, let's give these matches. Let's let them be kind of a new Japan longer style match mm-hmm. uh, without, without overwhelming us with nine, 10 matches. Um, I, I'm really happy with the show. I, I wish I could justify going to Toronto for this because it's going to be yeah. an all time pay-per-view to me. Yeah. Um, before I go into the card, just thinking of brain farts, I thought that uh, the show that we went to in Detroit was a blood and guts match with the elite and Blackpool Combat Club. I had that thought in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, because I was watching the main event and I was like, oh, it was so cool that we got to see blood and guts, though, again. It was like, you didn't see blood and guts again. You saw the cage match. But it just sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah, you get old, you have a kid, your brain uh starts to dissipate okay um yeah you know it's about time we start promoting the card because what do we have 11 days before the actual show so got to start sometime but you know when you have that those two double main events you kind of don't need to do anything else because that's what people are going to get the show for and that's you have potentially the greatest match of all time and the greatest rematch of all time on paper like those matches could be one of them could be the greatest match ever arguably yeah. so it's like hey eh, you kind of can you can throw in a yano match and you can throw in a fucking big bill match if you wanted to people would still be like that was the best show ever yeah i was i was actually listening back to last week's episode and remembered you saying yano versus mjf and i would have actually really fucking loved that <laughs> well i i had an idea in our thread today it was like we're talking because we weren't particularly overwhelmed with Tanahashi at least I wasn't and it's no offense to him like he's a legend and everything like that but he just he's as mobile as cheeky baby god rest his soul um he just he just he's very yeah he's just you know he just looks very beat up and tired and the Tanahashi that we had versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom ought to have been 12 years ago based on just his body right now um and it'd be one thing too where you know, Sting obviously is no spring chicken and either is Undertaker back on his last legs, but they were a special traction. And part of the match was 
bells and whistles. And with Tanahashi, he's supposed to still be wrestling, not doing silly sports entertainment stuff. So I just don't know if he can hang with MJF and MJF is really at his peak. We'll talk about that later um, where he's performing at such a high level that he's never performed at. So you kind of wanted to see him go with a Shingo or a Naito or someone else just to see what MJF was capable of doing. But whatever, it's going to be fucking fine. It'll be a good show. It will be. All right. So my news of the week, uh, we don't know much at all, but the, I guess the time frame that WWE grants Fox and uh, USA Network has, you know, gone up in terms of exclusive being exclusive to just them. And so they are going to open it up to other partners, apparently. And allegedly, Disney had some sort of interest, um, which makes sense in terms of ESPN having the UFC package sense to have that synergy i wouldn't be shocked if maybe something happened there but then you do have to live with like how comfortable is disney going to be with vince and how comfortable is disney going to be with their content library like there's so many skeletons in that closet that i don't know if like even disney with the skeletons in their fucking closet is going to be comfortable with some of that stuff but um it could be an interesting thing to see in the future though like just the idea of wwe on espn um, now the talk was like, maybe it would be on FX, which I didn't know that they owned actually, I forgot about that deal. So maybe mm-hmm. that's where it would go. And that would actually open them up to a wider audience, I guess, than USA. I guess they have more homes connected Ooh. for cable wise. Cause you know, all WWE needs now is more expansion and more, <laughs> more business, but they need to get the um, name out there. Yeah. You know, they just, you know, they're just this upstart. Um, but no, it'll just be interesting to see how things plan out. Like we don't know any details it's all rumor and bullshit right now and maybe we'll hear more concrete details later on as time goes on but um it does impact and aew's tv deal as well so it's something to be kind of mindful of and there's gonna be a lot of talk about this shit in the next year i would say yeah and it'll be interesting with disney because you know uh wwe in the 90s ripped off one of disney's biggest uh characters sleeping beauty with the katie vick storyline so it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see how they how they run that back. Um, I was trying to think of what unsavory <laughs> character they had from their past, like the crows or like songs from the <laughs> South or just some of the racist shit they did. <laughs> uh, I I think it makes sense. And not to say that he is the reason that this is going to happen. But I think if you look at some foreshadowing from the fact that Pat McAfee recently signed a big deal with Disney slash ESPN and he's also intertwined with WWE. There's likely some synergy there too, but I think the fact that UFC and WWE are now under the same umbrella, it just makes sense. You basically put the WWE network now into, uh, you know, that ESPN plus app or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. ESPN plus. Yeah. I mean, it can't be worse than Peacock. So whatever. (laughs) Um, I the TV right stuff. It's funny because it's somewhat interesting for me because the same thing with like sports in general. I I find myself with baseball or football or something like that being more interested in like the offseason, like business side of things a lot of times. And I think that that's interesting because it's like the one thing that you kind of get some truth in with Mm -hmm. wrestling. It's it's not a work that the television deals. So there's definitely some interest for me to see and. I always enjoy it when WWE moves somewhere because they put effort in for the first three months. 
WWE on Fox Uh at first was really fun to watch minus that stupid Kofi versus Brock's uh, match on the first show or whatever. But other than that, they'll, they, they at least try to put their best foot forward for a couple of weeks. And so I kind of want them to move just because of that reason. Um, That's a good call. And And it does. And they do do a reset too. They kind of do like, it's not like a brand split, but they do kind of like reintroduce characters and they do sort of um, make sense of all the, Vince shit that goes on in his head they kind of do calm that down and explain things a little bit yeah so it'll be interesting and and i'm really interested to see what aew gets the fact that uh Mm -hmm. supposedly collision does not is not because they're re-upping the deal or it's been re-upped something like that um interests me and and what what that means for what collision could actually be and you know i i hope for the best for both because it is it's nice for people to have a place to go. It's nice for some of the people that I think Tony would sign to not be an AEW. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it's mm-hmm. almost good that there's a place that he can't, that he can't lure everybody away from because, um, you know, looking at some of those geeks he's signed from NXT, um, I don't, I don't need, I don't need any more Parker Boudreaux's uh, showing up. So uh, yeah. that's the guy that was with Trench. Um, uh, MVP so, yeah, of our it'll, website, it'll by the way, the guy's a huge draw to the wrestling. I know he is. Yeah, that's he's he's yeah he's actually the fourth <laughs> elitist. Yeah, all the time I spent writing those articles. Nah, just put more trench content. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like the top. We should do like a BuzzFeed list of like the top ten face tattoos of Trench or something like that. Oh yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> I couldn't imagine getting like my just something that wouldn't hurt like tattooed like just your. That just seems like that would hurt like a bastard. The idea of getting a tattoo, let alone on your face like that just seems so. Yeah, I mean, I I got a tattoo on my leg in in a place that I can hide it if I just don't wear short shorts. And uh, I still like the second they put the needle in, I was like, oh, God, now I this is just this is me. I'm now. Yeah, I'm now this guy with a tattoo like and I mean, I, I could go get it removed, but then you just have the scar. So it's it is weird. The the idea of like what it would take for me to be like, yeah, let's commit to these face tattoos. Yeah. Ah, Got to love not having a future. Um, OK, <laughs> moving along. So uh, let's go into what we thought was the match of the week. I think we have universal consensus on this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know what I was expecting going into that MJF versus Adam Cole match. And I actually mix, missed the first 30 minutes of uh, AEW Dynamite last night. So I watched it this morning uh, and it was so good. Uh, mm-hmm. The you know the championship eliminator match, which I, I talked about last week, I don't really see the point in them because I don't want to see Adam Cole win th- this week and then lose next week type of a thing or or he just loses and then he's not a contender anymore. They did it so well. Uh, yep. you, you talked about a lot of my points in your article, but you know, the MJF healing it up with his delaying it and just knocking everybody's beers over, throwing that <laughs> one guy's hat, uh, you know, just really being a, a true dick. And then, you know, kind of going through the whole, the whole time, I totally forgot that there was a time, a 30 minute time limit and they did a good job of not really talking about it. Granted, I didn't have commentary on super high this morning, so maybe they did talk about it a little bit, but. I when when they uh, when they rang the bell right before, you know, the three count, I was like, what the fuck? What are they saying happened? Did somebody come and ring the bell and it interrupted? I, I was at first I was kind of annoyed. And then once I realized what it was, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Great yep. match. Great match. And it's, you know. It's funny because we talk about uh, Omega and Osprey right now, 
those two had a great match and, you know, supposedly they were holding back that match. Similarly, like if they weren't holding, if MJF and Adam Cole were not holding back in that match, still a great match, but something tells me that they were holding back and whatever they're going to have as their next match is going to blow that out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an excellent TV match. I think it was the best TV match of, mjf's career just on television itself and then i think it was the best match of dynamite so far love the storytelling of just mjf is so intentional of everything that he does as a heel that all has a point and he's creating false finishes as the match goes on it's not Mm -hmm. you know spamming finishers and um or just the silly two counts and stuff like that sequences like sometimes he'll do that in some matches here and there but yeah this was all very cleverly done um, I love the, the part where he's like jerking off Adam Cole's arm while he had it in the arm bar. <laughs> I mean, just stuff to like heal it up. And he got yeah. Adam Cole hot. That crowd was so into Adam Cole winning. And boy, I felt that response was tepid about him at times. And his comeback after the Jericho feud, um, especially yeah. the match that he had in that mixed tag match. I was like, oh, man, he is fucked because he was doing heel stuff when he should have been baby facing and just didn't feel right. And it was like, Oh, I hope he's not lost and whatever. And then you saw the real Adam Cole, the guy that we all believed was going to come to the company and delivered. But MJF, I think really carried the match. And I wouldn't have thought two years ago that it would be Adam Cole being carried by MJF. I thought it'd be the other way around. So this was a really good outing for MJF. He really cemented himself as the wrestler of the year. I think in AEW, maybe with the exception of Kenny Omega, and it was an awesome match. I love the finish. Like you said, I love that it wasn't telegraphed. I love that they didn't do the NWA thing of like having a countdown and they do it every, you know, f- every 15 seconds, there's another marker and it just gives it away. This felt so out of nowhere. And it was a satisfying finish because uh, Adam Cole isn't going to get cold now. He's still going to be maybe the rightful challenger that the fans are going to get behind organically. And he gets to look strong. MJF doesn't look like a weak honky tonk man champion, by the way, who's coming to Detroit, uh, August 4th and 5th. Super future friend of the show. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be just super agreeable and we could easily get him on here. His <laughs> notorious attitude. Um, but no, I mean, everyone came out of this match looking the better. And that's the purpose of a match like this where you didn't know, like, OK, how are they going to kind of get their way out of that? They yeah. didn't. They they created a new path for themselves, which is always good. And they needed to be hot with all the shit that's going on in AEW right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved you called it out once again in your article, but uh, the like reverse Eddie Guerrero spot with oh, the title God, just that was that was incredible. Awesome. And and then also, I just want to say, I it's cool to have uh, like just a really like kind of cool baby face right now with Adam Cole. I felt yeah. that was a baby face making performance for him. And, you know, first of all, we haven't we haven't seen that ever. I've been watching I've been watching Adam Cole since he was in Ring of Honor. And this is the first time I've seen him as a good guy. And you have that. And then on top of that, it's somebody who's not I know he's technically aligned with the elite at times and stuff like that. But it's not it's not Kenny Omega. It's not one of the original founders. It's it's somebody else. You know, same thing with MJF being the top heel. He's not one of the, I know he's an AEW original, but he's not one of the elite or, you know, one of their friends really. And so it it actually just felt like, okay, it doesn't always have to be those guys that are at the top of the card or it doesn't have to be mocks everywhere. Yeah. No, and it's, 
unfortunately the ratings didn't reflect it. Um, that came out later today that they were like, had a pretty sizable drop. I'm guessing some of that is due to the Trump news and just people wanting to check that out. But like, you know, you didn't have NBA finals going on. You didn't have the NHL playoffs going on. So that number was kind of low. It's hard to always kind of gauge like, okay, is that a good temperature check and accurate on how the company's doing and how MJF is doing as a draw, whatever. But if you're just watching it for the in-ring stuff and don't give a shit about the numbers and the ratings, this is a great time to be a fan. This is one of the best shows they've done. Um, and I think yeah. that's what we're going to talk about next in terms of moment of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that segue and jump right into my moment, which is once again, same as your moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's that post, that's that post main event, uh, post post match of the main event, having, uh, Kingston, uh, Takeshita, Kenny come out and then the surprise of Osprey. I, so I, I'm going to be a nitpicky fan and say that Kingston bothered me because I was certain we were seeing Kota Ibushi last night. Um, uh-huh. and then I saw Kingston came out and I was like, okay, well the odds are going to like, it's not going to be Coda now. Cause they need the odds to be the right numbers right there. So I was one of the few times I've ever been disappointed to see Eddie Kingston, but just a great, like it felt that actually felt like a go home show. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's go home show to collision maybe, but, um, Osprey looked like a fucking star. He is He's a beefcake now. He's he is uh Yeah, he's jacked up. As a thick boy. Uh good for him. He he it's crazy to see him compared to when he had that match with Ricochet that everybody hated. Um he he's really oh, taken yeah. to it and uh Takeshita, uh you know, just the booze that he can elicit. Uh, just loved it. There there's nothing really for me to call out beyond that. My my biggest complaint is that I built up a debut in my head that didn't happen. I didn't think of it though. And it's funny you say that. And I just forgot about Abushi. I just was sucked into the moment, but maybe that's a sign that he's not coming because that yeah. just felt penciled in. And I thought Kingston was like written off of AEW cause he quit and he's going to be an ROH and just exclusively that I know he's doing the overseas thing that you won this summer, but that felt like a little bit of a, uh, maybe got penciled in. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking mm-hmm. too far into it. I don't know, but could that be right. could be a sign that code is not coming. But I don't know, maybe Coda does come for a forbidden door. You never know. Well, and remember a few weeks ago, they did say uh, Hangman was being inter- interviewed, I think, by Marvez. And he said, did Kenny go back to Canada? And uh, Hangman says, Kenny is not in Canada, but he is out of the country. Yeah. So to me, that was implying Japan, which would mean yeah. he's bringing Coda over. So, yeah, I, I do think that there is a good chance that maybe something changed. Or, or maybe they just didn't think that that was the right place to debut. Maybe they, maybe they want it to be at, at Forbidden Door. I mean, granted, I think most of the people that were at that show probably know who Coda is, but the people in yeah. Toronto at Forbidden Door will 100% know who Coda Abushi is. Yeah, they'll flip the fuck out. Part of me wonders, though, too, maybe Coda comes in um, to be rivaling against Kenny. And that's I actually like think the, that, that could be more fun. But. Yeah, you know, because he's an underrated heel. Like when he's in his zone and he's just like a monster, he's really effective. Just kicking the shit out of people. Yeah. And like that no response that he does and just he's he's 
he's a scary dude. Like he's fucking strong. And he, speaking of guys that are built, like he's he was jacked mm. during his um, prime run that he had as a title holder. There, he was fucking ripped. Uh, jacked, yeah, that baby. was my ma- uh, moment of the week as well. I thought it was great, as just for all the reasons you mentioned. I love seeing all the combinations of everyone. It did feel like a hot go home show. Um, yeah, it was a good ending. It was uh, just two great matches to bookend the show uh that mm-hmm. you couldn't ask for anything better and even the eight man tag was really good like that was a fun as hell match with sting and uh mogul embassy i mean everyone did a good yeah. job yeah and just because you mentioned it, i'll mention my thing that i had was sting legitimately hurt in that do you, do you know when he was running to the corner and he kind of didn't make it to the corner and i yeah. don't know which which guy it was but kind of hit him with a splash and he fell yeah like, I, I just was, chalked that up I, to him being 60 something Man, I got I just got flashbacks to him versus Seth. And oh God, I was real yeah. nervous. I was like, please don't be like I just I want him to get whatever his. I know he's got a plan for his retirement, and I just want it to be. Yeah. I want it to go off without a hitch. For sure, I I hope he gets his chance to do it. And it's so funny too. I put in my article as well. Like Tony is such a student of wrestling and just cares about its history. Like making Sting look good in that building. Um, you know, from Starcade 97 being kind of a disaster, that was supposed to be his big crowning moment. Like he gave him a good moment in that building because it meant yeah. something to Sting. And Sting's always been a big deal in Baltimore, DC area. Like he's always had yeah. a prominent uh portrayal there. Uh okay, yeah. let's go into what our cringe of the week was. Yeah, mine's quick. It's just Hager versus Wardlow. I and it's more so me just talking about the TNT title. Let's get rid of it. I know that now you have another yeah. show, so maybe it makes sense to have one, you know, two titles on one show and then one on the other. Get rid of it. It's fucking awful. It hasn't meant anything since Wardlow and Hobbs have been hot potatoing it. Um, really, honestly, um, there's about, since Cody. about to compliment Cody. Uh, it hasn't yeah. meant anything since Cody left. And yeah. it. I just I watched that match and it made me angry that there's audio of me last year saying that I liked Wardlow. Oh, not so far. <laughs> I, I just fucking hated it so much. I hated everything. Like he's just so blah now. He's, and, he's blah because they don't give him a character, his character and his motivations are always predicated upon someone else. It's his attachment yeah. to MJF. It's this storyline. It, it was with Hobbs. It was with Joe. This one is with, um, I got to take care of Arn who are you like he was supposed to be maybe the next Goldberg and that was attractive about him or maybe he was the new Lesnar he was always the someone next someone but he's not him like he needs to be him you mentioned this before too like the whole thing about his like hair getting cut that was a great kind avenue for a storyline like if that meant so much to him like okay let's go into that more and that was a real side of him you got to see like a real who this guy was i joked before i was like that's the dumbest fucking stage name ever and then i googled it it was like actual name is michael wardlow <laughs> like, okay well whatever um but like he's never he, he doesn't always display who he is it's always yeah. like how he's a blank slate and then he has supposed to have wants and attachments and some sort of connection with other people but it's like, okay, but how do they relate to you? And a lot of the times he just nods and doesn't say anything backstage. Like it just kind of, his presentation isn't what it needs to be. 
Um, and it's not on him. Like he's got raw talent and he got over organically with the whole thing, but he also gets partnered up with people that are in the wrong place in the wrong time. Like, man, you could have had, instead of Jake Hager, you could have had the fucking kid that got popped for Coke that was on NXT that came over. That was like fake sting that one week, same heat, yeah. you know, same relevancy. Like I'm sure Jake Hager is a nice guy and I'm sure he's him and Jericho are tight, but like, that's a guy you can cut. Like you couldn't be on the show. Yeah. Holy shit. By the way, I totally forgot about that fake sting guy. I've blocked that from my memory. I was like, wait, what is he talking about? And I just had, I had to dig into my, my core memories. Yeah. Well, it's wrong for like us to be, and I think it'd be really, it's just shitty and irresponsible to be like, well, you know, they got to cut this guy. That guy needs to be fired. And that's just dumb, you know, skip Bayless podcast shit. Yeah. But there's a lot of dead weight on the roster. Like that just like that's it's WCW type stuff of like the story was chic. Like he got re-signed for like four years or whatever because no one knew that he was even signed to the company. Like just shit yeah. like that. Like that that does happen in these big wrestling companies that have a lot of talent. And it's like you gotta know who your what your inventory is. Yeah, I, I will put it this way. There's I'm not gonna say that there's anybody on the roster that deserves to get fired, but there's quite a few that don't deserve a job or or <laughs> they could be he would do fine in wwe yeah. or nxt he could be totally yeah. like you could make push the mma stuff and he can be a guy that gets braun breaker steiner over do that <laughs> you saying braun breaker steiner just i wanted to finish that with jingleheimer schmidt i know fuck i was the same <laughs> thing man we are around each other way too much uh <laughs> okay so speaking of not connection uh sammy guevara as a baby face just feels way too soon not really earned yet they made an attempt because they're trying to show him as like okay he's going to be a dad now and all the faces are very like hey i wish you well like that's yeah. cool and that's nice and i like how they're not overdoing it uh, and that's a way to telegraph, okay, to the audience, hey, he's a baby face, but like he still has the dickhead smile with his tongue sticking out. Like you can't, yeah, like come on, you're 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 supposed to be nearing thirty, not nearing twelve. I don't know. I just can't take yeah. it seriously. Sometimes it's like a well, baby face. It's like you gotta just change him up a little bit more if you're gonna do that. Also, also, it's a little frustrating that part of what made people turn on him was how much they intertwined his personal life. Yes. And now they're like, what if we do more about his personal life to turn yeah. him face? Same thing with Adam Cole. Every, if every time they show Adam Cole with Britt Baker, I am, I roll my eyes and it's nothing to do with Britt Baker. It'd be this. It's actually the same way with they show like if, if it's Britt Baker and then all of a sudden Adam Cole comes out with her, I'm like, can you please go away? Adam Cole? Like, yeah leave the relationship shit like to the other I, it, it just never goes well in my mind it's no. never presented well and I, I just don't enjoy it you can acknowledge it you could and it made sense for a little bit with adam cole when he was bullying uh, shivani when he first joined uh-huh. and you know because you know he was jealous or whatever that i that actually i was okay with but just like them being each other's cheerleaders i hate it i despise it and needs to it needs to stop sammy i i my my bones rattled with cringe when darby was like sammy oh, the God. fans all love you now they they cheer you <sighs> i was like i was like they don't do anything for him no like they said like they were like oh yeah good job on the baby and that's about it 
but it's like but it's like don't be a fuck up it's not like we're proud of you it's like just come on get it in line i think that's what the audience like wants to wish him yeah. well it's like they're like all right cut out the shit on twitter probably like you know um <laughs> yeah and then going back to your thing about baby faces with a hot chick wrestling fans fucking hate that most of us are a five out of ten to three out of ten visually in terms of looks. A lot of us, yeah, we're the, a lot I'm of us the have, rare, the rare yeah, we're eight. the rare, you know, six out of tens. Uh, <laughs> we really uh, get the, you know, get the Q rating up here. But most wrestling fans are resentful of anyone who has a hot chick with them. It's why Hogan, Austin, The Rock, Cena, they never had a hot chick with them. It's a reason why they did that. Like Vince is not stupid. Like that. It's just something that's never happened because fans fucking hate it. And it always goes like this. Anytime someone is with someone who's out of their station in life, mm-hmm. it just doesn't go well. Basic thugonomics. All right, let's go into uh, what we're looking forward to in the days ahead. Yeah, for me, it's simple. It's the Saturday. It's the debut of collision. I have a rare open Saturday night. And am very, very excited that I get to watch the live debut uh, of Collision, get to see Punk, get to see what the reaction is. I'm sure it'll be pretty good because it's in Chicago. But yeah, uh, also, I, I think there's going to is going to be Andrade versus Buddy Matthews, I believe. Yeah, yeah. that match is going to fucking bang. Um, and <laughs> and it'll just be very exciting to see kind of how they change the presentation. I'm sure we'll get some sort of like a Miro promo. Um. And I, and I just think that uh, it's something that we've been hearing about since ma- March. So let's see how is it different? How do they bring people in on Saturday nights to watch this, especially when you're going to be going up against WWE pay-per-views now because WWE mostly does Saturday night mm-hmm. pay-per-views. So it's a uh, it's it's the start of an era of AEW where I, I have to trust that analytics man uh, Tony Khan knows what he's doing here. Because it feels like they can get embarrassed really quick if this doesn't pan out. But it can also turn AEW truly into that next tier of a, of a wrestling company if they mm-hmm. can have a second live show every week and it's on a Saturday. There's so many things you can do right with this show. You can separate some of the talent. You can have talent that aren't that isn't floating around like... Uh, when was the last time Roddy was featured? You know what I mean? Like just there's stuff of like, where is this guy? Where's this person? Where's this girl? Where's this? Where's that? And, um, but they have to sustain it and it can't turn into rampage or battle of the belts. And oh, God, that's something that like, he doesn't have a good Tony doesn't have a good track record with two months into it. He loses interest. Apparently battle of the belts. He lost interest before he even booked the first one. Yeah, that was like, whew, that was like Velocity special. You know, it's airing at 3 a.m. Watch it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see Collision. I'm excited to see Punk. He heavily implied in the promo that he's got things to get off his chest. Um, coming out today was these uh, Wade Keller had talk about how he's doing an interview with ESPN and it's going to piss everyone off and no one actually knows what he said. So I guess there's going to be some Punk thing that comes up on friday or saturday before the show so that'll be something i hope it's nothing and as much as it pains me as an atheist to say this i just kind of hope he finds jesus or something and gets happy like i just want him to just like chill out and 
just like, religious punk. Yeah, he just he's he just he goes to Shawn Michaels' church and just gets saved and fucking calms down. <laughs> so as as we're having this conversation, I just got a uh, a text from a buddy. He sent a um, a tweet and it's a it's a satirical tweet and it says breaking news. According to multiple reports reported by reporters reporting on CM Punk, CM Punk is reportedly being described in reports as being reported on by various reporters. And that's exactly how it fucking feels. It's like reports Mm -hmm. are that he's got reports and those reports are reporting on reports. Yeah. Um, I think this is where, again, the inexperience of the company and just the lack of infrastructure, they do need someone to just like fucking tell these people to lay off and you can give exclusive interviews or you can do something to give them whatever types of access they need to just stop making this guy go nuts because he's clearly affected by it and bothered by it and annoyed by it and triggered by everything. Um, some of it is his own doing. Sure. Maybe to a certain degree, but he just, it's like, God, the last year has been nothing but derogatory things about him to trying to get stuff up. And at some point, like he, he does care about his reputation quite a bit. And he does take that with and yeah. that, he takes that very seriously, um, which is fine. Like you have pride. I get it. But um, yeah. it's going to. Yeah, it's just like he needs like like he almost needs someone to help him help himself a little bit when it comes to controlling the narrative about who he is. Well, and I I mean, I get it. Like I I go on our Twitter and like it hasn't been in a while. But like when we've gotten some bigger interaction, you always get the shit talkers. And it's it's very hard not to respond because you're, you're such a fucking idiot and let me yeah. point out why but i this is our hobby right i'm not gonna not gonna get riled up for something that we're not doing it for a living but I, I imagine if i'm cm punk and that's what i do for a living or if i'm any of these guys and that's why I, if i'm sammy guevara and that's what i do for a living i can get why it gets to you mm-hmm. but then you just got to remember like oh but there's also all these people that like like punk you might have all these detractors but there's also an entire building of people at the united center that that building sold out on a rumor that you were coming. Like, yeah. There's a lot of people that love you. Um, and, and, and so and hopefully he can block out that noise. And I think it speaks to the, and not saying about him, but just the narcissism of celebrity. You can have people that will go and meet you at a meet and greet and they can ball down crying and they can say, you were the reason why I, you know, got over my cancer diagnosis and I beat it with, yeah. you know, the help of your thundering base whatever, you know, rock star stuff. And they, they can just point out the one person who has a frown or who just is on their phone and they can flip out about that. It's just yeah. like, it's just a weird nature of celebrity, how you can get fixated on the negative encounters because you're so accustomed to people fawning all over you, um, which is a weird sensation too. Um, off topic, but I remember, well, not off topic, but I remember reading an article about CM Punk through the lens of one of his friends. And I think it was his like, you know how he has like a sister that's not like his blood sister or yeah, yeah. just like, yeah, I think it was one of them that wrote it. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was an article that was in some Chicago rag when I lived there. And it was about what it's like to be just on the periphery witnessing, like how draining it is people not respecting boundaries and being rude and disrespectful and thinking that they can just, they know you and they can just get too close and say too much. And like that way, bought your house. Get... Yeah. Oh yeah. You quieter. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, that can really drive you up a wall. And I think it sort of does hurt his feelings here and there from time to time, but hopefully this run is better and just things go yeah, a lot easier for punk and they do a good job of creating an ecosystem where he can be happier. Absolutely. And I think like, that's something I try to be cognizant of. Not that I necessarily think that I know we joke that Tony listens um, or that Cody did early on, um, but I try to be cognizant of that. Despite what I said about war though earlier um, that like the idea of, yeah, we're a podcast, but like, um, and so we have to give our opinion, but I also don't, I don't care enough to like, to really try to tear someone down like people do with like punk or with, with some of these guys. Um, I, I try to make sure that generally speaking, the things that I shit on are like the quality of something or yes, not liking that, like rather than it being about the person. Like I still, uh, if Wardlow in a week, all of a sudden got a character that I liked and, and everything like that, I'd be very happy, but I'm just mm-hmm. so bored with what he is. And the same thing that I, I wish more people were like that with punk I, people, they struggle it's so funny because wrestling fans will be like, oh, of course I know this is all, this is all fake, but it's, you don't, you don't know that a lot of this is fake still because the reports you see mm-hmm. there, we know that AEW works people, the reports that you see, and, and I'm guilty of it too, especially when the all out brawl first happened, I, I was buying everything. I'm sure that a lot of it was true, but I think there was also a lot that we all fed into or bought into um, that was probably just reporters taking advantage as well as even wrestlers just kind of like working shit and just saying, eh, whatever they'll report it if I say this. So why not just say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good reminder. I mean, we don't know these people personally and I, and I, and I, I maybe sometimes wish we were a little bit more clear about that of we're critiquing things that we see from our vantage point, our perspective. We don't, we're not insiders. We don't know anything. Um, you know, from happening in Jacksonville <laughs> directly, like either yeah. just as much as these fucking goofs don't. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Just be nicer to people. Don't be fucking weird. Big facts. Okay. Well, uh, the one thing I was going to bring up, actually, this is well, actually yeah, yeah, two things I was going to bring up. So first of which, have you watched any of this season of Dark Side? No, I, I have YouTube TV and it doesn't get... Um vice so i have not i want to watch the chris candido one though yeah it's appropriately sad but i uh that was good i remember being i was just gonna say i remember being a a fan of his uh, he he was going he was working for tna at the time that he died um and i was like oh this guy's like i was like starting to like him and i remember back in the day i used to go on raja.com that was my uh dirt sheet i don't know if you ever if you're ever a frequenter there and i remember seeing that he died and then like then realizing like, oh, this guy had like a whole ass career before yeah. TNA. Like to me, he was like some new guy in TNA. I was, I, WCW to me, I didn't know anything about until like, I mean, I knew that it existed. I knew like what the NWO was, but I didn't understand WWE versus WCW until like, mm-hmm. 2010. So yeah. like, it was just so weird to me to be like, oh shit, this was like a guy that everyone thought was going to be a star. Yeah. It's a good one. That one's great. And then the Graham one about uh eddie graham and mike graham and just the family and the history of suicide in that family it was like it was tough to watch oh, of course another no, like von eric family yeah just the so eddie graham's dad and brother committed suicide so Jesus. did he and then his grandson and then son also did and the daughter who's featured prominently in the episode was like 
she talks about breaking the cycle and like having peace of mind and like telling um, folks in the family, like when they're going through hard times, like that's not an out, like you're going to leave us behind. And like the cycle has to end, like this has to stop. And so it, it, it was one of those good dark sides that actually did have some sort of a redemptive mm. end. Um, sort of like with the Jake the Snake one in the Grizzly Roberts episode where it was like just so much traumatic drama shit, but then it did have like an uplifting end of just people getting better. So this was a good mm-hmm. episode. I would highly recommend people watch it. It was quite good. Um, next week's about Doink the Clown, so that'll be fucking awesome. Can't wait for that. That'll be great. Um, this is way off of that, and I know you had another thing to ask me about, but I just it just ran into my mind because I was thinking about... Uh, with Eddie, Eddie Graham being like w- within uh, NWA. Um, I, the other day was at work and we were, the, the name Crockett came up and we were trying to think of who the guy, like, like who we were trying to think of Davy Crockett. Yeah. Uh, but I was so certain when they're like, who, like, what was his first name? I was like, it's Jim Crockett. And everyone's like, I don't think it's Jim. I was like, no, no, no it is. And then we got like, it was like a five minute thing of me and like, I am so certain. And then I was like, no, Jim Crockett. That's I'm thinking. That's my wrestling brain. And then we figured out it was Davy Crockett that we were talking about. And uh, <laughs> now I, I'm I'm done getting in debates at work. Jim Crockett with this coonskin cap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my question for you was: So, Alex, for all of you listening at home, Alex has a new puppy. So what is your like, so what's your puppy voice that you like talk? So, so when you're talking to the dog, like what's the voice that you use and what are your little phrases or saying you say, Uh, cause you you have one, there's stuff you say, you You have a little lilt to your voice. I'm sure. So how does it go? (laughs) All right. I gotta, let me get in character. Um, I I go really (laughs) high. I go really, really high pitched with them at times. Uh, (laughs) this feels like a punishment. Uh, like, so I'll, I'll hit him with like a good boy. What a boy. <laughs> that's, so that's, 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 that's good. That's usually what I hit him with. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't have too many nicknames. Um, the, uh, one of the first late, the first lady, uh, one of them, one of our first ladies, my first lady. Um, she, uh, she, she's got a bunch of nicknames for him already. I haven't really figured it out. Like, I feel like I'm still just going through this whole, like, understanding having a puppy thing like i the last yeah. time i had a puppy i was 11 years old so i didn't raise the puppy right no. and it was a little shih tzu versus a uh, uh english lab that's going to be 100 pounds so it, it's definitely been an adjustment he's awesome um but also uh it's it's like just trying to figure out how to like manage everything i'm sure i'll have a nickname for him soon his name's Raphael, uh so i just usually call him raf or raffy Nice. Um, when he's being, but when he's being an asshole, he's the shredder because he is named after the, the TMNT turtles. So <laughs> for those of you that are wondering too, so my dog voice that I used, um, this was a voice that I used when I was living with someone else previously, like years ago. And, uh, she had two dogs and I would ask them if they had poop in their butt and if they had a butt full of poop <laughs> and I would do it in the voice of, uh, like, like a Adam Sandler ish, Billy Madison. So I'd go, you got poop in there. Got butt full of poop. <laughs> and then it just got weirder to the point where I was like, does the butt contain the poop? And just weird shit. And so I would say this so often that when my niece was potty training, 
like she like shit her pants on Halloween one night. It was like came back in the house and was like, I got poop in there. Just crying. <laughs> <laughs> so I do the same thing with my son. When I change his diaper, we all of my whole family asks if he's got poop in there. So Oh, it lasts, God, it, you know, lingers on. That's that's something you could pass on to the little man. And he, yeah, and that's got to be so odd to be like, what the fuck? But what, like my family has all those weird things like someone is seepy bunny. Like we all have our weird yeah. fucking phrases and sayings that our family does. But OK, oh, yeah. we, well, we enough do call, about us. Oh, I was going to say one one more thing about Raph. Um, we do just like instead of similar to like the sleepy bunny, we'd, we'll just be like, oh, sweepy boy. We'll, yeah. call, we'll call him that sweepy. Yeah. Sweepy. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing with your kid, though. Like you'll do. Oh, yeah. Like it'll eventually just have the weird phrases and just odd shit you say that if someone else was recording it, you'd be like, again, this is a punishment. <laughs> the other day, one of my uh, one of my coworkers asked me, she was like, oh, how, what did you do last weekend? And I said, I was just like, you know, hanging out, puppy sitting. And she goes, it's not puppy sitting when it's your dog. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I forgot about that fact. And I yeah. feel like that's that's going to be something I'm going to be the same thing with like to the child. Like, oh, yeah, I babysat the kids oh, or you just watched your kids. Yeah, <laughs> I've been so careful about because you just can't say that in front of certain people. Like, oh, I got to watch the kid. They do, yeah. like, people will get like fucking offended. And it's like, well, it's my kid I'm watching. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I say I'm spending time with my son. So Bonding. if you'd like to spend more time with us, please subscribe. Wherever you get Hell your yeah. podcast, give us a five star review. Give us some likes. Share us with your friends in the internet wrestling community. Because God help us, we can't survive on fucking Alex's marketing skills. So you got to help us out mm-hmm. here by building this show organically. Please visit us as well at wrestlingelitist.com for all of our latest uh, match ratings, commentary articles, and etc. I was gonna have a CM Punk thing, but I don't know what fucking thing's gonna come out tomorrow where it may just seem so passe and weird that i might just have to hold it so (laughs) i had a couple of like articles on deck so sorry the website hasn't had as much activity lately but we'll have some more once uh life stabilizes and Mm -hmm. uh we all get the poop out of our butts so with that rick rude take it away hit the music